it's so important to build a brand, especially like what this can do, the opportunities for this is that then we can showcase the work that we're doing. So we can uh, build an audience and potential clients and customers as we move forward and do more projects. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, everyone. I have Emily Osmond here today. Now, Emily is a very special person. She is a business coach, a marketing educator, and most importantly, she is a property addict. Would that be fair to say, Emily? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. In my spare time, I'm just on Pinterest pinning photos of properties. We go look at properties on the weekend. Yeah, definitely. So the reason that I have asked Emily to join us today, I know that Emily has a lot of wisdom to share around marketing Airbnb and renovation businesses. Mm. And Emily will be attending She Renovates Livestream this year and she will be presenting her area of expertise. But I wanted Emily to share with you her background with property and you'll get to understand what an absolute gem she is for our audience. So welcome, Emily. And would you like to just start with a little bit of a background of who you are and Mm. where you've been up to this point? Absolutely. Well, it was funny, Bernadette, as we were just speaking earlier, and you mentioned, I think when you were 13, you were already in the renovation game. And I I, I remember looking back, I actually grew up in England and uh, I used to, when I was a child, always be rearranging my bedroom. I would sew cushions. I would just be really interested in the design and that type of thing. I I didn't end up studying interior design straight out of uni, but it's something that I've always been really interested in, in terms of property. I purchased my first property when I was, I think, 25, 24, maybe, but around that age where I was living in Ballarat at the time and I purchased my first um, home there. And that was really, really exciting. That was where I then moved into. It wasn't long after that I met my now fiance and he works for, or he used to work for a a property development company doing more the the finance. So transactions manager there. And so he then bought his own property. Anyway, a little while later, we purchased a, an old, very rundown semi-detached home. It was actually a commission home, that type of thing. Absolutely tiny, one to two bedrooms. We did a long settlement with that. We got our planning permits and everything. And we teamed up with a friend of ours to do a joint venture. And we built two large homes on on the block of land. And we're now living in one and our friend is living in in the other. But this will be something that we we most likely go on to sell. And like I mentioned to you uh, just before, Bernadette, we've just recently purchased our second development, which we're really excited about. That's amazing. Really amazing. And did you say that's in Ballarat? That So currently we're in Melbourne now. So this one is in, it's just near Ivanhoe. And then the second yep. property we've bought is in Ivanhoe itself. Yeah. Wow. That's such a cool journey. So how, how many years from when you bought your first house to where you are now? So almost 10. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that proves a really strong point around mm-hmm. like there's these gurus that say you, the family house is not an asset. And I seriously, it's just about everyone I know 
their launch pad has been their family Mm -hmm. home. And it Mm -hmm. certainly was for me and clearly for you as well. And the other thing about the family home that is so important is that when you do ultimately sell it, which most people do, you don't pay any tax on that, all that Mm. hard work, which is Mm. amazing. So Mm. congratulations. That's been a very savvy um, way to kick off. Thank you. And I feel so spoiled living in this place we're in now. It's um, definitely an upgrade from the apartment we used to live in. (laughs) You know what? You've, You've worked for it. So that's, yeah, really cool. And so, Emily, you've had quite a bit of experience helping people in the property space to grow their businesses. Mm. To share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my clients in my first few years of business is someone that I'm still very good friends with today, as, as often happens with, with clients. And she's called Sandy uh, McKinley, and she runs a property uh, called Acre of Roses. And this is in regional Victoria. It's a, a gorgeous town called Trentham, which is in the spa country. And um, so Sandy and I started working together. She actually came to some workshops that I used to run around content marketing, Instagram marketing, that type of thing. And then I started working with her. So Sandy uh, and her husband, Rob, purchased a property, this beautiful miner's cottage and did a lot of work to renovate it and brought in an an amazing interior designer, stylist. And it's, you've got to check it out online. It's uh, Acre of Rose, absolutely gorgeous. Anyway, we started working together. And as always, I start with my clients to set their goals of what they want to achieve. And so we set uh, the goals for this gorgeous Airbnb in terms of how many bookings they would like to make. We worked on their brand, which is I know what we're going to be speaking about at at the event in terms of really figuring out what your brand is when you have a business and when you have an Airbnb because you're not selling uh, hundreds of rooms, a commodity, but you're really selling an experience. And that's what I want people to think about is the experience you're selling. So we worked out what that was. We worked out the brand vibe. We worked out the brand values, the aesthetic, how we want people to feel. And also full credit to Sandy, because she is an expert at this, of thinking when someone w- walks through the door or even before then, what is the, what are they hearing? What are they seeing? What are they smelling? What are they touching, tasting, all that type of thing? Anyway, the result of us working together and all of Sandy's hard work and her husband, Rob, was that they exceeded their booking goals. And now people struggle to get a room there because they are so booked out. They have so many repeat customers that come back, which is a really, a really big win, a really big point that people, as soon as they leave, they are pretty much booking their next stay there because they have such an amazing experience. Sandy had people reach out to her that were stylists for magazines and they saw the images. And that's a really big thing as well. What are you putting out there? What are you sharing? What is the aesthetic? Because people now, I know that myself, I'm always going to look on Instagram or online to check out the what the property looks like before I stay to get a little feel for that. So anyway, Sandy had magazines reaching out to her. She's had, I think, at least one cover on Country Style magazine and multiple features in that one. She's had international media coverage. She has thousands of followers on social media. She's now brought out, we also looked at how can she scale this business. So she's now bringing out a product line as well. She has international people that want to taste of the properties. So it's just been remarkable, the power of building your brand. Yeah, yeah. that that is an amazing story. And I think there's two things that come out of that. Like, In my early days of Airbnb, I had a lot of Airbnbs for different reasons, but I think at that stage I had 10 on Airbnb. 
And over the years, I have figured out that you are better to have one or two and do them really, really well Mm. and to have a lot of listings because you can exceed your wildest imaginations if you spend that time. And and I know one of our students, so we do a a training on how to get your Airbnb up and running and, and bringing money in. And one of our Wonder Women actually had an Airbnb in the Blue Mountains and she was, she had someone managing it for many years. And, mm. and we kept discussing the option of her taking over the Airbnb, but she was really mm. concerned about doing that and taking on the work. But so, but eventually she bit the bullet. Well, I think the manager was doing it. Oh, she was doing an okay job, but she yeah. would do things like if it needed new quilt covers, she'd go out to Kmart and buy quilt covers mm. and, and like, Let's just say Sandy has like a linen, like beautiful linen. She has eye masks. She has <laughs> all the things. Just go with what she wanted. So she took over it. She set up a website because that's the other thing, isn't it? Taking control of your business. And she did a makeover of the property and the marketing. She didn't spend a huge amount and she has more than doubled the income. That's why I think it's really important. This section in our conference is really important because our Airbnb people and our renovators, we have renovators that have businesses as well, need to, and for myself, I'm making over, we have, as I mentioned before, we have a, we live in a warehouse and our ground floor, it has always been on Airbnb and always done quite well. Like we earn about 50,000 from our ground floor, but but we're about to do a renovation and I'm taking it up Mm -hmm. a notch. So I'm rethinking all the the marketing and how it's set up and so yeah so I'm going to be writing notes furiously because I think that's a it's really important and the other thing is Bernadette for our renovators listening is that you you also it's so important to build a brand especially like what this can do the opportunities for this is that then you build something like you build the brand that people then follow they appreciate they understand the quality of work that you do and then you have an audience and potential buyers for the next project you do in the next project and so this is what my partner and I and our friend that we do the joint venture with we're now creating our own brand so that we can showcase the work that we're doing so we can uh, build an audience and potential clients and customers as we move forward and do more projects so it really is something for us to be savvy about and think about and, and understand how to do it because it just gives us more choices as well exactly and so Emily and and the same does yeah well that's what you're saying the same relates to renovating as much as it does to Airbnb Absolutely. Because if we think about it and we look at, okay, what are the goals for the renovation too? And if it is something that people are looking at selling or they are building their own business as a renovator or a or selling their skills in that space. So perhaps a um, renovating for other people, being brought onto projects, doing the design, whatever that looks like, it, it needs a brand. And a brand, if we think about it, it's just what we're putting out into the world. It's really what other people are seeing thinking about us and our business, experiencing, reading. A lot of brand is about content and we can look at, okay, I have four different content categories that I 
teach my students to focus on building connection with our audience. And I know that's big for you, Bernadette, in terms of you, you have such a strong connection with your clients that you work with. So we build this through our content as well with our audience. We build that sense of trust and credibility, showing that we know what we're doing. We have our experience that we bring. We give value. People love to see images of beautiful homes, of renovations, of to see along the journey. And then the fourth one that I talk about is promotion. So how can people work with you? How can people take the next step? How can they book into your Airbnb? Or how can they learn more about the next project that you're doing in case they want to be part of it or actually buy the property? Yeah. And that's an important, that's a very interesting point. So I know some of our women are looking for joint venture partners. Yes. And as I mentioned before, we have a great what's the word, We mechanism for doing joint mm. now so that someone could quite easily attract invest, investors and set up a project, you know, using other people's money, which is absolutely, which is apparently the nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. And people aren't going to know about what you're doing unless you're putting it out there. And so this is why having your own brand and understanding how you want that to be presented to the world, what the aesthetic is, what the values are, the quality that you're putting out there. And really what I see, um, social media, your website, that type of thing is also a bit of a proof point to people. So they'll look you up and then you think, what are they going to see there that's going to help them trust you and take that next step? Absolutely. And I'm assuming that you Instagram's a, an important channel for you. It is. And I see this as well. I have friends that do renovations and they, they capture and showcase their projects online. And they now have people lining up to already buy. They say, whatever you're doing next, I want to buy it. And that is through Instagram. So understanding how to put out the right content to showcase what you are doing. And then for my own business, Instagram is a major channel too. It's where a lot of my ideal clients spend time, maybe personally, or they are tagged in things, or um, they listen to my podcast and they might pop over to Instagram. It's really such a powerful tool. It's free to use. It has a really lovely sense of engagement and community on there that I find can be a little different to Facebook pages. So Instagram, a lot of it, you can share behind the scenes and daily stories. You don't have to do them every day, but pop-up stories that last 24 hours, people respond. And then you're in a private dialogue with people and you can get to know them and have those conversations. So yeah, Instagram can be huge. And um, so funny actually, because my partner and our joint venture partner as well, they've both only just signed on to Instagram like very, very new to it. And now I'll look over at my partner, he'll be on the couch and he's scrolling through Instagram. And I'm like, wow, this is very new for you. But now he's following all these architects, all these developers, all these interior designers. And that's where people go to find brands, to find inspiration, to look at what people are doing. So it's such a huge tool that we have at our fingertips to use for free. Absolutely. I, I have to say, I haven't really nailed the Instagram thing, but I, I guess I probably need to get there. I know a lot my students are doing a lot better than I am on that. <laughs> Can't be good at everything. So we've just got to, you know, take one thing at a time. What about TikTok? Oh gosh, I'm not the person to ask about TikTok. I haven't really used it. I don't use it as a consumer and I don't use it as a business. It's, it's definitely out there and some businesses are doing well on there and that type of thing. But for me, it's not where my ideal clients are spending time. It's not where they are seeking. Point to make. Mm, yeah. yeah. You need to go where your market is. 
Exactly, exactly. And so maybe in time they will be on there, but I know what works for me and for my, so I have hundreds of students that are in my programs and what works for them. Instagram is very, very powerful for them as well in terms of getting found, getting in front of people, building that uh, connection and trust through their content as well. Yeah. Awesome. And so Emily, would you like to share with us a little bit about your programs, like your, your yeah. business? programs yeah absolutely thank you so yeah I have two programs and it's funny Benedict I loved you were just on my podcast and you were talking about just working on one thing over and over getting it better and better and this is what I've done with my business and I'm really obsessed about and um it's quite funny I had I was working with an interior stylist just recently for a project and she was talking about in her house she calls it the continuous improvement project the CIP for always switching in pillows or new art or that type of thing and I really coined that term I'm like I really like that and so that's what I see with my business always looking how I can improve and grow and serve my students so I've had I have the modern marketing collective and I've had that for about three years we've had almost a thousand students go through that program and that's where I teach and I'm always refining but like the best way I can describe this is really how to make money in your business, working with clients and how to do that is having that strategy to get clients. And as students join, they go through this initial challenge that I've just created for them to really help them just get that win on the board, whether it's their first couple of thousand dollars in their business, like ever, or to show them how they can make their next $2,000, just make that so tangible and easy and clean and simple for them. And then from there, it's really supporting them to make that first $100,000 or so in their business, which we both know is kind of that tipping point to where you can take a little breath. You can have some security there with, with your business. So that is that program. And I teach them how to get clients, how to become skilled at marketing and skilled at selling. And then from there, I often find, and this is what I found better with my business was I kind of got to the stage where I had lots of clients and I'm like, what do I, where do I want to go from here? Do I want to go more to the agency and bring on um, more clients, more staff, more projects? And I decided that I wanted to go down the education route and, and help people in that way through my online program. So the other program that I have is called Scalable. And that's where I teach that method of building up the audience to be able to serve, how to create the structure and the technology for your program, and then how to keep growing it because it is really a work in progress and needs time, like time to, to get that happening. So that's the business. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And yes, it, it sounds like something I need, to be honest. <laughs> Might see you in there, Bernadette. <laughs> I do. Um, okay, so Emily is going to be speaking at She Renovates Live. And I don't want to, I think we've given our community a little taste of what to expect. And I just want to say, Emily, that we are so looking forward to having you. And we're, you know, you're just a little um, ray of sunshine. <laughs> otherwise beautiful program. And so for anyone renovator listening, the longer you leave the purchasing your ticket, the more it's going to cost you. So like a good renovator, I suggest that you get a good deal and get in there and get it now. So thanks again, Emily. And I will look forward to seeing you on the 3rd of December. I can't wait, Bernadette. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And uh, I'm really excited to, to speak more with your incredible community at the event. Beautiful. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.